Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that boat. Welcome back to Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports. I am the host. You are the co host. Uh, we closed the last hour of the Raiderland with this text. I'd love to see a boy band Super Bowl. Give me Backstreet Boys in sync in 98 degrees. My millennial heart would overflow with joy. So, doing that and talking about the rest of the Super Bowl halftime shows, we're going to power rank a couple of things today. We will power rank. Actual Super Bowl halftime shows that we've seen. Maybe give me your five favorite in order. Power rank your favorite Super Bowl halftime shows. We'll also power rank some potential halftime Super Bowl shows. Uh, What would you want to see? What do you like? What would be a good halftime for the Super Bowl moving forward? Whatever your heart desires, you can do it. This is the Rob Bro Show. I am Rob Bro. I am the host. You are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. Some power rankings already rolling in. Uh, this texture is power ranking Texas Tech's 2023 football away sites. Uh, one through eight. And he's going to go Provo, Austin, Lar- Laramie. Number four, Lawrence. Number five, Waco. Number six, Arlington for the Big 12 championship. Number seven, where Texas Tech goes for their New Year's Six Bowl. And then number eight, Morgantown. Morgantown, number eight. I would put Arlington number one just for the basis that it would be a Big 12 championship game. I don't care where it is, really. And I know you're talking about sites and not the game in question. Uh, If it's a Sugar Bowl, I would put New Orleans number two. Provo, Austin, Laramie would be my top five. uh, Lawrence would be dead last. Waco's interesting. I've not been to Waco in maybe 10 years or more. Uh, Much more, probably 15 years at this point. Um, 2004. So more than 15 years. Anyways, I would like to go back to Waco. I think in a lot of ways it's like Lubbock to where if you were in Waco in 2004, if you went back to Waco now, it would be much different and much cooler. Similar to Lubbock. If you were in Lubbock in 2004, if you get to 82nd Street, it's like a just dirt. 
back then. Lubbock is much, much different, much cooler than it was 20 years ago. Uh, I think Waco has grown like that. Uh, so I would, I, I'm, I might put Waco in my top five. And depending on the New Year's Six Bowl, they would be up there too. Morgantown, you nailed number eight. I don't want to go to Morgantown. Lawrence, Lawrence might be number eight. Maybe. Uh, hey, Rob, since soap operas are in Ryan's wheelhouse, can you power rank the best soap operas for Ryan? Uh, I-, I would love to. I-, I don't know that I could name enough soap operas. Um, I could certainly text my mom and ask her for her power rankings. She is a big soap opera fan. I think she watches uh, As the World Turns now. Is that is that one? Uh, but there was another one she used to watch that uh, got canceled or whatever. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, this texter, uh, Rob texting from under a house right now, but here's a quick power ranking of things I'd rather be doing than this. Uh, <laughs> uh, number three, a prostate exam. Uh, number two, being locked in a room with a rabid cougar. Uh, and then number one, watching a Cliff Kingsbury coached football team. This particular texter uh, had to sit through all of his Texas Tech fandom with Cliff. And then he's a big Car- uh, Cardinals fan. So he's not had a break from Cliff Kingsbury in a decade. And I think he is excited to have that break. Uh, love you too, Grande Pollo. Uh, texter power ranking um, there. Uh, soap operas, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, Young and the Restless. Now, hold on. Maybe it's Young and the Restless that's still going. And then As the World Turns was the one that got canceled. I don't know. Uh, are we getting a nod in there for maybe? Okay. All right. D- anyways, I've heard of all of those. General Hospital. General Hospital had uh, Denzel. Is that true? Early in that run? Now, what's a soap opera, too? Because, like, Grey's Anatomy is a modern soap opera, yes? Would you call it a mo- It's a drama. I-, I think it's a soap opera. It's very soap opera with people coming back from the dead and uh, doing all the things that they do. Grey's Anatomy, speaking of wheelhouses, Grey's Anatomy was so good for, like, three seasons, and then it just got crazy. Just crazy. And then I I might have watched, let's see how much Grey's Anatomy I've watched. The, the people are loving this right now. Maybe through 10 seasons, but it's at like 19 now. Crazy. Crazy. Um, the main thing for a soap opera is having five episodes a week. Okay, so it's it's a daily show instead of a weekly show. I guess that's what counts as a soap opera. Um... We can power rank anything you want to. Uh, let's get back into some football. Uh, we have the Dennis Dodd column to discuss. We have um, anything else. We've got some Twitter drama that, that we can talk about. In fact, I want to mention that up front. Uh, UCF, the University of Central Florida, is a program that thinks so highly of themselves. And I don't really get it. 
I really don't. Now, they've had some success lately, and they are growing rapidly as a university. And I think they can get to where they think they are. But this fake national championship that they talk about when they were playing in the AAC and went undefeated in the AAC and then played Auburn, a team that was okay, I think that was in a Peach Bowl, maybe. And now they're claiming national championships and all this stuff, and they think they're incredible. You've been in the AAC. Do it in the Big 12. And the Twitter mafia that they claim to have, that they claim to roll really deep, is just an average Big 12 fan base on Twitter. But the fact that they're coming from the AAC that has no other incredible online fan base... They just think they're this powerhouse in both football and and the Twitter world, and they just flat out aren't. Kansas State, Iowa State, Texas Tech all have incredible online presence, and UCF is coming in, and they're going to find out in short order, but it just feels like they don't really understand. Now, If UCF comes in and is really good in the Big 12, I'll be happy. I will, because I want UCF and Cincinnati and Houston and BYU to elevate elevate the program, elevate their programs, elevate the program of the Big 12, the conference. I want that success. I, I want everyone to rise with the tide. What is it? Rising tide lifts all boats. You know, we're all boats here. We're all trying to stay afloat. And with the two largest boats leaving, you want to keep the water level high, and that needs to be with at least two of these new teams, and I think it will be BYU and UCF early. Now, maybe Houston gets it rolling. Maybe Cincinnati bounces back from the coaching change and the the recruiting class they just had. But I don't think that UCF will just walk in and be successful like they think they will be. And in some ways, I want them to go defeated in 2023 just to understand. Uh, Plainsman and Dallas power ranking the Big 12 new football programs over the next three-year period. UCF, Cincinnati, BYU, and then Houston. I agree with Houston. I do. I might flip Cincinnati and BYU, but I actually do think that UCF is going to be the best of the four over the next three-year period. I, I do. I, I agree with that. I think they had three four-stars in this class. They were trying to claim they were fourth in the Big 12 if, if they had been in the Big 12, which it would really be sixth if you're counting Texas and Oklahoma still. But it, according to 24-7, they'd be ninth. So I don't know where they're getting these numbers from, what service they looked at to get to fourth, which would really be sixth in 2023. Regardless, this is a UCF program that's going to come in and try to make some noise, at least be loud, on the forefront on Twitter. And I I just, I, I don't think they have the juice that they think. Oh, see, now, uh, I didn't even need to text my mom. She's just listening, apparently. Uh, she says she watches Young and the Restless Now, World Turns, years ago. 
So uh, I guess we're putting those two in the top of the power rankings. Uh, we also have some more soap opera trivia. The originals were on the radio in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Uh, one more text, then we'll head to the break here. I can't wait for the Central Florida to play Texas Christian in the We Hate Our Schools name rivalry. Yeah, so apparently you can't call them UCF. They're Central Florida. And you can't call Texas Christian Texas Christian. They're TCU. Or is it they're UCF and not Central Florida? What what do they prefer? I don't even know. I want to I want to do what they don't prefer. And can we start calling Texas Christian Texas Central? Because that would be awesome. If you could have set Central Florida and Texas Central, that would be pretty cool. When we come back, I'm going to power rank the new rivalries in the Big 12 that I think can be created and cultivated. It's the Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Rob Brosho, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Uh, Central Florida prefers to be called UCF. So uh, Central Florida and Texas Central should play in the right to be Central. Uh, Let's talk through some new rivalries that can grow, might grow, should grow should take the forefront of the new Big 12. Some of these are long-standing. Some of these should be bigger, better, more publicized than ever. Now that we're losing a few of these, let's say, uh, Red River Rivalry Showdown Shootout kind of games. Uh, one rivalry not on the schedule, or at least two rivalries not on the schedule this year that should be uh, the Riot Bowl, West Virginia versus Iowa State. The trophy is a gas can. That one not on the schedule. And the Dust Bowl, which I still don't like the name, uh, but the Dust Bowl, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, not on the schedule this year. Um, we tried to make that happen this year. Some people thought it happened uh, better than didn't. Uh, I, I don't think it really got going on both sides. I think Texas Tech fans were enjoying that more than Oklahoma State fans. Uh, if it's all the same, though. I think the schedule that is put out has some some good, at least moderately good, games on it. Uh, Looking through, I I do want to mention a few. Uh, Houston, UCF, the space race, the space bowl, the space game, whatever you want to call it, that's got to be in there. Orlando, Houston, NASA, SpaceX or whoever's doing stuff down in Florida, that's got to be on there. 
the the two schools uh, heavily influenced by the space program, they have to make that about space, and it has to be a big deal. It does. I think Houston and Texas Tech will be a natural rivalry that will grow West Texas versus East Texas. I think that's a natural, solid rivalry. Staying with Texas Tech, I think Texas Tech and TCU in the battle for the saddle needs to be a premier conference rivalry. I do. And I think with a lot of the things that have happened between the two schools and the similarities and Dykes being the head coach of one of the programs right now and the history there, I think that makes a lot of sense. A rivalry that could grow, BYU-Baylor, I think from so obvious reasons there. The Baptists and the Mormons, we'll, we'll figure something out. I'm sure we'll have to uh, get that one in, uh, maybe some some um, sensitivity training so we can not get canceled over it, but I think that that can work. I think Kansas State has two of the better rivalries. If Kansas can stay up, the Sunflower Showdown can be good. I don't think that that should be a premier matchup for the conference, at least for those two schools, but not for the conference. Can Iowa State stay relative uh, to the competitiveness that they've seen the last five years? I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a huge Iowa State believer in that football program long term, but I do think that Farmageddon should be a premier Big 12 matchup. And they're playing it in the final week of the season. I think that's smart. Another one that I think the Big 12 should really lean into is Cincinnati, West Virginia. West Virginia finally, finally getting a moderately regional rival. If you can put Cincinnati and West Virginia together regionally, surely you can finally get West Virginia to buy into somebody. Now, I know we have the Iowa State-West Virginia thing, but eh, I, I know those two fan bases like it, but if we could really lean into Cincinnati-West Virginia, I think that would be good for both of those programs. Uh, Texas Tech not playing Cincinnati this year, but obviously we have, eventually we're going to have to cross the bridge of Dana Beers, which will probably be so out on by the time it rolls around. Um, but he, like Jeff Goodman, knows that Texas Tech is one of the only places he can get engagement, so he tweets about Texas Tech all the time. In fact, I think Texas Tech fans are probably paying Jeff, Jeff Goodman's salary right now if he gets paid on Twitter engagement and uh, mentions and whatever else, all he has to do to get a bonus is tweet something about Texas Tech. Let's take the early break. When we come back, we have some power rankings for you. I'm going to power rank my favorite Super Bowl halftime shows. A lot of them are going to be recent because, you know, recency bias probably on one hand. And the other hand, I'm only going to do ones I saw a lot. So, is what it is. I'm not going to go back to, like, 1982 and whoever it was. 
Even though it was like some marching band. Because that's what they used to do at the Super Bowl halftime show. All right, we'll take the break here and we come back. Super Bowl halftime show power rankings. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Uh, talking Super Bowl halftime shows. Uh, if you want to power rank your favorite Super Bowl halftime shows of the last. I don't know, since 1989. Well, didn't they do marching? Is that the line of demarcation? They were just like marching bands and like legitimate halftime shows until like the 90s. I believe that's right. Uh, Let's get into this text first. Uh, Thanks, Rob. Good show. Thank you. And then I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what. Uh... Maybe this is saying the 1982 halftime show up with people. Not familiar. Sorry. Sorry, not familiar. Um. As far as halftime shows go, I, I was I was going to. I, f- I thought this was going to be fairly easy, uh, and maybe it is. But I, I just I have more than just. Uh, five, and I don't. I'm just going to name the ones I remember that I like. I don't. I don't even know that I can. You know what? I'll do it. For you people, I will I will rank these. Uh, Prince, number one. Uh, I really enjoyed the Aerosmith halftime show with NSYNC and Britney Spears in 2001-ish. I think Prince was in 07. Uh, up next would be the Michael Jackson halftime from 1993, where he stood there for like six minutes for everyone to shut up. Uh, Then I would go Springsteen. And this is not helping the wheelhouse comments from the first hour. My top three, and I I don't know that I can put these in order, but here's the top three. Uh, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, and uh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, probably my favorite halftime show. But now that I'm doing these, I, I might go back and have to rewatch these and legitimately uh, come up with a list. This is just kind of off the top of my head. Uh, so we'll do that. All right, let's talk some Big 12 basketball. If you people, uh, the co-hosts out there, want to text in your power-ranked halftime shows, you can. Or just flame me on mine. I don't care. 
But let's talk some basketball. Uh, weird week in the conference. Oklahoma State is now 4-5 and five in Big 12 play. And Oklahoma, around a victory over number one in the country, Alabama, has just had the benches cleared in their last two Big 12 games, getting kind of embarrassed in both and not even really looking that competitive. So an interesting point there. Um, Let's see. I, I think right now... I would put Oklahoma as the 10th team in the Big 12. And I know they beat Texas Tech in Lubbock in overtime. And I know they have two wins and Texas Tech has one win. But but I think just projecting the end of the Big 12 season, I would put Texas Tech at 9 and Oklahoma at 10. Uh, the next two, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. And I think that's a tier. I think Oklahoma and Texas Tech are the two worst, and then West Virginia, Oklahoma State would be the the tier above them. And then there's a tier of everyone else, in my opinion. Now, Baylor and Iowa State and TCU, probably the next tier, especially if Mike Miles is out for an extended period. And then I still think Kansas State, Kansas, and Texas are the most likely to win the Big 12 at this point, though TCU is the interesting wild card there. I don't think Iowa State can punch up the whole year. And I don't think Baylor is quite together enough. Now, they're close. And I believe... Let me let me look at the Big 12 Power Rankings. Uh, but I believe... That... Uh, in the Big 12, everyone is 6 and 3 in that stretch. Yeah, so Baylor is 5 and 4, and then Iowa State, TCU, Kansas and Kansas State are all 6 and 3 in the conference and then Texas all alone at the top at 7 and 2. So by merit, Texas number 1 in the conference this week, uh, and then it would be Kansas, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State in that next tier with Baylor I think in that tier but a game behind in the standings. And I would put Kansas at number two. I think that that veteran lineup with the additions they have, even the new additions being veterans in the Big 12, really put them in a good position to finish strong in the conference. And if this is what we're doing with the power rankings to try and finish strong, uh, then I think Kansas has a good chance to finish well in the conference. Texas has a good chance to finish well in the conference. Kansas State and TCU, both veteran heavy, have a chance to finish well in the conference. Iowa State and Baylor, I think also do, but not quite as good as the top five. Now, I will say on Iowa State, uh, Jazz Koontz is allegedly going to be back uh, for a stretch run here, and he is another dynamic shooter and scorer that can alleviate a lot of the problems and take some of the freshman minutes away so they can be more veteran-heavy, and I think that would help Iowa State. Uh, Kuntz certainly a guy that hurt Texas Tech last year with some of the shooting. But unfortunately, right now, it looks like Texas is the best team in the Big 12. And I 
I don't know that that's a surprise, really, with that roster, though the coaching shakeup issues, turnaround, merry-go-round, whatever it was, uh, musical chairs that they did down there, does make it a little bit surprising that they have kept kept their momentum. Uh, going back to last week's NFL Power Rankings, and I'm going to take a break on NFL Power Rankings and then get back to them next week. I will Power Rank the Chiefs and the... Um, who is it? Oh, the Eagles. Uh, but I did have Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, 49ers last week in the power rankings. And that's what it looked like. Though, to me, it really might be Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles, 49ers. The Bengals might be the second best team in the NFL. And if the Super Bowl goes how I think it will be, um, th- that will be a, a strong finish there. For the Chiefs. And I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. And I've talked about it. The Eagles didn't play a schedule. The Eagles had a weak schedule in the NFC. And I understand what I'm saying when I say that. It's not a surprise to me. Well, then the Cowboys also had an easy... I said that all year. The Cowboys got gifted a 12-4 and season. And I do think that that elevates maybe a little bit of what Mike... If they had a tougher schedule, Mike McCarthy, I don't think would have survived. But the fact is they didn't have a tough schedule, and Mike McCarthy did survive. So it is what it is at that point. Okay. We'll take another early break and uh, have an extended final segment. We will get back to the text line. Uh, Somebody just put in their top five pizza places. Uh, So you can add that in as well. Uh, I'm sure next week we will be power ranking Super Bowl snacks. uh, But if you want to get in an early Super Bowl snack power ranking, you can as well. It's the Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Everything from Texas Tech sports to local politics. Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland, weekday mornings at 11 on Talk 1340 and KKAM.com. Welcome back. Rob Rocho, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Uh, this texter, Chris Beard's home was listed for sale before his termination, a $4.5 million property, monthly payment about $3,300 to own. Wow, what a life for the rich and infamous. And then the question here is, would you live there with your TMZ projected wife? Uh, not a wife, just uh, projected that we were dating, I, I, and I cannot confirm nor deny, uh, but if she paid for it, yes, I could live there. I, I don't know that I could contribute any to the fund, uh, but if she paid for it, and she could, very popular actress. Uh, this from the Power Rankings, a top five pizza. Now, 
This is not my list. Okay? This is a texture's list. Top five pizza. And I don't know this. Is this in Lubbock? Is this just, is this carry out? Is this, well, I need some details here. Uh, just top five pizza, period, though. Pepe's, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Little Caesars, CC's. CC's now in high school during football season, we went to feces pizza every Wednesday and it was amazing because I was in high school and I guess bang for your buck. CC's is fine. It's not bad pizza. There's no such thing as bad pizza, but as an adult (laughs) with my own money, Especially if Margot Robbie's buying me some pizza. Uh, I don't know that any of those would be in my... Now, Pepe's is solid. And I don't want to downplay uh, Pizza Hut or Domino's on the occasion. I think both of those are solid delivery pizza joints. Little Caesars is my parents' go-to when the, the nephews are around. Because those guys are animals. And you need like 17 pizzas to feed them. So that's a good bang for your buck, too. But I don't know that I would put those in my top five if I'm just going pizzas. I mean, like like a Capital or a One Guys or a, like even like uh, like The Spoon has a solid pizza. If I'm just a uh, Teddy Jackson, I'm just trying to go get a pizza. Uh, I think there are other places. Now, if it's national brand delivery, uh, I've not been to Marco's yet. I've been wanting to try some Marco's pizza. That's a new joint here in Lubbock. Uh, so maybe we'll figure that out. Uh, and then this texter says, top NFL players still playing. So the five best NFL players in the Super Bowl, Mahomes, Kelsey, Kelsey, Travis first, and then Jason Kelsey. Uh, Chris Jones in there at three, Jason Kelsey at four, and then Jalen Hurts at five. Yeah, that's interesting. I think A.J. Brown is probably the best wide receiver left in the Super Bowl. I think he's better than Juju. I think he's better, uh, you know, and... Devontae Smith might be the second best wide receiver left in the Super Bowl. I think the the Eagles have two really good wide receivers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, best player in the NFL, best player in the Super Bowl. Chris Jones is certainly up there. Travis Kelsey, one of the greatest of all time. I think if you were legitimately ranking, like, and I know I, I I don't normally use this, and I I kind of hate that I'm even bringing it up, but like a PFF score, I would assume Lane Johnson is one of the best rated players analytically left in the game. I'm really high on Trey Smith, the right guard. Uh, Creed Humphrey is a really good offensive lineman, but probably the second best center in the Super Bowl because Jason Kelsey is an All Pro, long time. Cincinnati Bearcat, Big 12 legend, Jason Kelsey. I'm trying to think of who else legitimately 
could replace some of these names. I, I think you've nailed it. Jalen Hurts is an interesting one because I don't want to disrespect Jalen Hurts and say he's not one of the five best players in the Super Bowl because I do think because he's the quarterback, there's a lot of bias there that, that the Super Bowl is is the most important game and the quarterback is the most important position. And so if you're a quarterback in the Super Bowl, you have to be pretty good. And I do not want to cheapen Jalen Hurts' season and say he's more of a, I don't know, Brad Johnson kind of quarterback, but I do think that the easy schedule that I've mentioned before and will mention again for the next week and a half and the offense that he has around him, the best offensive line in the NFL a couple of solid running backs and Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Now Boston Scott is kind of a vulture, but and then you have, you know, two really good wide receivers and a pretty good core. I don't know that Jalen Hurts is one of the, the five best. I think I would say AJ Brown probably at five if I was doing a top five. But I agree with Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey and the top three players on the Chiefs are probably Patrick Mahomes and then Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think you nailed that. So maybe if you did a top six, you would put A.J. Brown at six, uh, right there with Jalen Hurts. I don't really want to take Jalen Hurts off the list as much as I think A.J. Brown is a really good wide receiver. And again, I'm not calling Jalen Hurts like a system quarterback or anything because I think he's really good. But he is in a perfect system, and to me, that's not a negative. People act like that's a negative, but I also think Patrick Mahomes is in a pretty good system. For Patrick Mahomes, it's it's the credit to good coaching to put your quarterback in a good position, which is what I've said about Dak Prescott for the last four years. They had a 2016 season where he was in a perfect system, and as much as I hated Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett, since those two have left... They've not figured out how to put Dak Prescott back in a system that works. Now, he stopped running the ball because he ripped his ankle in half. So maybe you need to find a new system. And if he can't be successful in a system, that's another problem. But, yeah, I liked that one. I liked that uh, power ranking there. Uh, If anybody else has power rankings, they can text him in. A couple of more minutes left, 806-855. Three seven one two. Uh, power ranking some bands I would like to see in the Super Bowl. Um, the last several have been kind of hip hop R and B. You had the rap. Uh, who was it? Um, Jay Z, Snoop Dogg. Eminem there in Los Angeles last year, 50 Cent started hanging like a bat upside down on his performance. That was strange. Uh, Beyonce, The Weeknd was a one that, that was a few years ago. Would you want to go a different route, a different direction? Now, this one is in Arizona. Uh, Rihanna. Going to be the halftime performer. She has not performed 
I don't think in a couple of years this is kind of to start her comeback tour. Is there... And I don't know. I, I think you could probably look at some Super Bowl venues at, at the next couple of Super Bowls you're going to have. I believe the Super Bowl is going to be in Vegas in the next couple of years. Would it make sense to have a Vegas-themed Super Bowl halftime show? Maybe some of those guys in the, the with the Vegas residencies or like a, a magician, Penn and Teller halftime show involved somehow. I think that would be a really cool Vegas-themed halftime show. And surely... The NFL is smart enough to get something like that going. Uh, I do think that Garth Brooks would break a ton of Super Bowl records if he got to do the Super Bowl. I don't know that I would want any of the current country lineup. Like, who's popular? Like, Luke Bryan? No, thank you. No, thank you. Any of those new guys? Even some of the guy, like uh, like a Tim McGraw, who is just passed or kind of sticking around, Keith Urban. Now, if you did like a country medley of a bunch of stars coming out and doing some stuff, that might be cool. But I don't know. And there's no like good rock band right now that could go out and do the Super Bowl. I don't think Greta Van Fleet. I don't know. It's Rob Bro Show Talk One Three Point Nine. We'll be back tomorrow for a. Fast Friday, as Ryan likes to say, on the Raiderland. I've been Rob Bro. I'll be Rob Bro. See you tomorrow at 11 a.m. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.